0: You are Locked on Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, podcast network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for your Tuesday edition of Locked on Browns. Um, a lot of requests, and we're still going to find ways to keep him involved. So we will get to Mr. John Costco here along with your host, Jeff Lloyd, on your Tuesday edition of Locked on Browns, brought to you by the fine folks over at Visa. Help support your local businesses whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have been uh, always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters, Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner, of the nfl like i said joining us at john costco three part of the pff family uh we'd love to get into this and this is good because you know here we can get to two weeks maybe me peek a little bit ahead to week three but first things first um been about a month or so i guess maybe a little bit less john costco you and the family uh two weeks into the nfl season everything holding strong here there in the uh costco household
1: yeah for sure you know
0: it's um
1: Having a reduced college slate kind of helps in that regard, so it's been a little bit, a little bit nicer in terms of the uh, workload on a, a uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But uh, everything's going well over here, and then you know, football is back in swing of things, so it, it makes me happy. Things going well over there.
0: Yeah, I mean we're doing the best we can. Uh, girls are actually going to go into school for the first time on Wednesday after being home for two weeks. So we'll see how all this plays out. But I could agree with you more. On Saturday, I was you know I was in and out most of the day, but I even sat down, grabbed the remote, and it was like, "All right, well you can watch this game, or you can watch this game." You know, normally it's you know this that that that, that and it was just it was definitely like a weird. Definitely a different vibe to it. Obviously, we have the SEC coming. Obviously, you know, the Big Ten coming, if everything goes well, uh, you know, to mid mid to late October. See how all this, you know, parlays and plays out. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball, though, John. And, look, everybody agrees, and we're all kind of in the same unison here. You know, one week good. Week one, maybe not so good. Six, where are we at? With Baker Mayfield through two weeks, John.
1: Yeah, so I think the first game, you, you got to think about it, who they had to play. And you also look at, obviously, the, the craziest offseason, you know, probably in recent memory uh, that we've had. Um, and you have, you're putting this offense with this coaching staff for the first time out on the field, and they get, what is it, 15 practices before the first game. They don't even get any preseason games. There's going to be rust. Um, and I know that like we all talked about how we just wanted it to look like a good product out in the field even if they got beat badly just something to to look forward to like yeah you know there this is the offense we're looking at there's the flashes there's obviously none of that in week one and, and Baker looked about as bad as he has ever looked um, and, and this is from a grading standpoint and from a you know ball location standpoint and just from a process standpoint and I don't think anybody can argue uh, it was bad, but um, you also went up against a absolute juggernaut in the Baltimore Ravens um, where their team is obviously they went 14 two last year. Uh, They're now two and Oh, they just, they just beat up on the Houston Texans who, I mean, Texans got, got boat raced by the chiefs. They got boat raced by the, by the Ravens, but those are two of the best teams in the NFL. So, you kind of take that with like a grain of salt and go, all right, maybe, maybe, you know, let's see what it looks like against the uh, bottom five team in the NFL. And it looked a lot better. So, like Baker's accuracy was the best we've ever charted from a ball location standpoint. Um, and his process just looked a lot better. It doesn't, it, he wasn't passing up open reads. He wasn't skittish in the pocket. He wasn't bailing from clean pockets. And just, I mean, really, it kind of started to look like his rookie self that we saw in that you know magical stretch where he was he was lighting the the nfl on fire where he was grading as a top four quarterback and he had one bad throw in that game um and if it wasn't for that would have been a easily a top three or four graded quarterback of the week uh but because of that and it, it dropped his grade into the mid 70s so um Process-wise and, and grade-wise and, and everything, everything was much better on Thursday, and it's amazing what, what the difference between going up against a juggernaut is versus the team that picked first overall last year.
0: And, you know, this is, you know, I, I mean, for people who don't remember 2018, we were talking about this, you know, kind of on the regular. You know, wow, you know, his rookie quarterbacks aren't supposed to be doing this. And keep in mind what he was doing it with then- as opposed to 2019 and where he is now, um, but I, I thought the confidence looked more like himself Thursday night, more grip it and rip it. Baker, uh, the touchdown to Odell. You, know, I mean, he, you know, and Odell who sometimes gets a little too fancy in a route. And got to remember, you're just that stinking good. You're going to beat people. You don't have to take the extra step, and you're not looking for a highlight reel. You run the route that you're capable of running it. You make a guy like William Jackson, who's a hell of a damn cornerback you know, look bad. Baker's got the ball and he was beat so bad that Jackson couldn't even touch him as he was falling down. And part of that may be, and this is probably in they're all great, John. They're all solid players. But with the amount, the limited amount they've been together, this offensive line, John, and watching, you know, guys pull and cleanly get through or taking, you know, a hesitation step because they see somebody maybe getting pushed back into them. So to not get bumped. But still get through and get to their assignments, John. This offensive line—it looks freaking good—and we're talking two weeks, limited practices. J.C. Treader was barely here, uh, you know. Jedrick Wills on the other side, taking all of this and absorbing it, in with a transition to the left uh, to the left side, Jack Conklin getting veteran rest and obviously did not play in week two. The makings here of a pretty damn special unit.
1: Yeah. Um... I think everybody expected them to to be improved. Um, I don't know if, you know, we expected them to be this good this early. Um, And sure, you might talk, uh, they they played the Bengals, but they went up against the Ravens and and pushed them around, which is not an easy task to do. Right now, through two games, they are our number two overall offensive line. Uh, Only the Packers are better. and the Packers have, have boat raced two of their teams that they've played, but from a the, the fantastic pass protections, fantastic and run blocking. Um, they are, they are doing everything what you wanted them to do. I mean, you, Jack Conklin came in there and solidified that right tackle spot. Then you, if he was injured week two, you're able to bring in Chris Hubbard, who's a, who is a great swing tackle in the league. He's not, he's not going to be the guy you want, obviously starting every single week, but he's a guy that you can, you can bring in there to, you know, replace an injured guy uh and then Jedrick Wills has been really good so far um has he been perfect no he gave up a sack in week one he had a brain fart moment where he almost kind of stopped playing on the play where when it was still going on but um you know this the interior offensive line has been you know we already know about JC Treader and and Joel Petonia two of the best at their positions but Wyatt Teller has really taken a leap this year and he was a top graded guard in the NFL in Week One. Uh, he wasn't that in Week Two, but he was still very good. And, and through two weeks, he is he is the top graded guard in the NFL. Um, and this is a guy who, you know, last year we were talking about him is like, yeah, he's not put it all together, but we like, hey, he's good in pass protection. He's just got to get that run game together. So far through two weeks, he's he's doing that and looking awesome. So um, you know, kudos to the coaching staff to get this this unit working together really well, really early.
0: Well, and I think this is the surprise of it, John, because we had talked about this going into the season, and we had said, you know, even if Jedrick Wills and Wyatt Teller, they're the fourth and fifth best offensive linemen, and it's not the case. Every one of these guys are playing and playing well thus far, and Hubbard—that may have been his best outing as a Brown. And look, this is what got him this contract originally in Cleveland. Obviously, not the contract he's on now, as it was reworked. Was the fact that you know he could play a little here, he could play a little here, and he could play in spurts. Um, but you know, we saw you know 16 games of Chris Hubbard, which wasn't the greatest thing in the world. But just with Teller and Wills, if these guys are going to be on the accelerated path added to, you know, the three other guys here between Conklin, JC and Joel Batonio, I mean, this is, that makes this engine go. And this is what I was screaming about going in a Thursday night is the fact that I don't care so much about getting the passing game going. Keep it simple, get a W, let everybody feel better about themselves. It's great that it works through the passing game and the running game, but to see where this offensive line is at, and we'll get to the skill positions here uh, you know in when we get to uh, you know the second segment it, i don't know if it necessarily matters so much because this offensive line right now just seems to be able to do whatever they need to do with ease
1: well you definitely want to get the passing game going um because i think pretty much what got the like the the offensive line was good in week 1 and the thing that killed the browns in week 1 was the passing game not being there right so in this game Baker got going, he got cooking early and was in that rhythm and has yes. opened up everything. So you wanted, I mean, the, the offense has, has to get into a rhythm and Baker did, you know, that, that runs through Baker um, because then the team has to respect that pass again. Like they didn't basically last year because they were able to just run things that Baker wasn't, wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't picking apart. wasn't, picking up on and then he didn't have the coaching to help him along that way and so the running game as good as it was last year it didn't really matter um and it it stressed out the offensive line because they they could the defenses could do things and keep them one-dimensional almost now you're not going to be able to get that and the offensive line is is going to be able to pass protect and run block and do a whole bunch of things and um to just make make things much easier on the whole team um, and and there's not a weak link. There's there were weak links last year, obviously with Greg Robinson. Chris Hubbard was playing poorly. Wyatt Teller in the run game was a was a weak link. He's not anymore. So um, that across the board, this this offensive line that you can't you can't pick and choose. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna rush this gap because you know the you know we know Greg Robinson is is really bad at at pass protecting, or he's he's gonna try to overshoot his his guy and and punch to try to give the kill shot. And then he's going to leave the gap wide open and whatnot. So you're not getting that anymore. Um, They're going to have to honor every single gap more so in every offensive lineman and, and really play them true. Like you get, you get with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, that they are going to be able to compete with those guys, even though you didn't compete with them, the Ravens in week one, but the offensive line is going to give you that chance now.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's looked. I mean, it's you know, and it, John, you know me. I'm all about the skill, um, but it's actually been a pleasure to watch um, both these. Uh, you know, the you know the in, obviously the offensive line and the defensive line work. And we'll get to the defensive line here, and we'll get to the skill position players here in a second. Jeff Lloyd, John Costco taking you through your Tuesday edition of Locked On Browns. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional athletes and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. Delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Now, John, I've talked about I this love rock, rock Auto, auto by the way. Everybody knows, guys, you know how <laughs> Look, I mean, between YouTube and Rock Auto. Um, do you want to go pay 95? I mean, John, you know, this was part of what I did for a very long time. Okay. What, well, what do mechanics make per hour? Mm, anywhere between 50 to hundred dollars per hour based on their, so guess what? Um, YouTube and guess what? On mechanics don't know the job. Guess what they do? They fire up YouTube tutorials just <laughs> like everybody else does, but John the skill and look, I am all about tossing the pill around throwing for 400 yards per game. but you've got two amazing running backs here. And I thought it was smart and I was a little nervous about it early, but I thought it was kind of smart the way coach Stefanski handled this Thursday night where Nick, you know, had him going, had him going, had him going. We didn't see a lot of Kareem. And then just where it hit that part of, Hey, we've all played six quarters of football in about 80 hours. Hey, you want to know what, let me throw out my fresh running back who hasn't been involved in this game yet. And then Kareem Hunt just went out and, and just had a heyday on these guys. It's fun to see this um, because look, both guys—they're good within this system. They are different in their approach about how they do it. Um, you know, you know, Kareem obviously does a little bit more as far as you know a receiver. You know, uh, a little bit more wiggle where Nick is going to go through the hole at 100 miles an hour, and God bless you if you try to arm tackle him because you know you may lose you know half an arm in the process but watching these guys work and Baker, you know, I mean, and Odell, look week one, Odell was getting open. Baker had his issues, but talk a little something about the skill guys here who were, you know, basically standing out thus far through uh, under the PFF lens.
1: Yeah. um, This is kind of like what we envisioned. I mean, like week (laughs) week two is what we kind of envisioned that the offense would look like last year where you'd have, when Kareem Hunt came back into the fold where you'd have Nick Chubb just wearing down these teams, uh, breaking tackles left and right, cream hunting, spell them, and then do the same thing, and they get no relief from it. And that's what we got on Thursday night. Um, I would expect to see a lot more of the same, you know, if the Browns can keep into good, you know, game flow, game script, where they not get out of it and, and you know, you're not getting down by multiple scores. So – Kareem Hunt, I I mean, like you said, you you talked about it. He's fantastic as an all-around back. He's not going to be the burner, but he is going to catch the balls out of the backfield. He can run routes extremely well um, and get open in that way down the field. Then Nick Chubb is going to be your guy that can catch screens and take them for, uh, you know, and abuse defensive players just that way. So you do it with the run, you do it with the pass. These guys are just really complement each other extremely well. Uh, breaking tackles left and right. Their yards after contact are, you know, obviously always top five in the NFL, um, if not better. And they force missed tackles at the top five rate in the NFL. So these guys just punish defenses left and right. If you can continue to do this, where you get that lead and then salt away the the clock with the, your two power backs, the Browns can, will be a handful for teams. Um, especially when you, they can't, Pin their ears back and and rush the passer. Uh, they have to honor the run and the pass, and these guys make you uh, make you pay for that.
0: All right. Now, as far as you know, the receivers, um, you know, y- y- obviously Thursday night was a lot better effort than what we saw. You know, um, week one versus Baltimore, and I think that you know what you saw Thursday night, and I keep telling fantasy people pick and choose with the Browns. There's going to be weeks where it looks good for you. It's going to be weeks where it doesn't look good because it's certainly in the way you want this to work. And, you know, we go back to this where we talked about in 2018, where if Baker's going to do this, right, he's going to be a painter with a palette and we're going to use a little bit of everything. Um, who's looked good as far, you know, through the receiving aspect who maybe needs to step up a little bit.
1: Well, I think, um, one of the one of the bright spots in week one was was in joku um and obviously he's now hurt but we obviously he was only targeted three times but he it's made so funny to-
0: it's so funny to say that after the six month odyssey david was on but go ahead
1: right i mean it's his offseason was was obviously a strange one but you know when when this team wants him and needs him that the the offense runs through multiple tight ends so he is a valuable piece in that regard and um, his athleticism, if he can, if he can finally like, you know, reach that potential that, you know, he has as a first round pick and the the freakish athleticism he has, he can really do a lot. Um, and, but we'll just have to see when he comes back from the injury. I'm, I'm assuming when he comes back from injury this year, it's not going to be a, uh, you're in the doghouse now for some odd reason, he's going to be welcomed back to, by the coaching <laughs> staff. Uh, and then, you know, you look at OBJ and I know that, in week one, the two plays that stand out to literally everybody is the drop, which is inexcusable, and then the stepping out of bounds and uh, before catching the ball. Those two plays stand out for, for everybody, and they were bad two plays, naturally. But if you look at every other play that he was a part of in that field, he was getting open. It was a Baker issue in that game. And when he obviously got the the targets when he was open in this game, he made the most of them scoring a touchdown Having all the yards, uh, four on four catches, but in in week one he was he was getting by those Ravens secondary players, Uh, and he looks looks back to his normal self where he's explosive. He doesn't have he's not being hampered by an injury. Uh, His routes look really crisp and clean, and he's I mean he's showing the the former self in terms of that type of separation. So I'm looking forward to what he can do in a continued expanded role with Baker playing well if he could Baker can play well and place the ball like he was doing on on Thursday night and do that continually you're not gonna see an 80% like perfect accuracy rate from Baker that's that's a freakish accuracy rate um, you're gonna you're hoping for in the 70s 60s and 70s in that rate and that's what he was as a rookie so if he can continue to do that obj is gonna make his his money's worth and you're gonna see the the former you know you're gonna see the guy that the Browns traded for and and I think Browns fans will be happy about
0: that. Um, You know, we're going to flip it over to the defensive side, and I'll just close with this. I I wonder how much that early interception just got in the Baker's head. And it was, you know, oh man, here we go again, here we go again. And I think that probably had something to do, uh, you know, with, you know, the way his overall day went against Baltimore. John, this defensive line, um, you know, the the times you were on during the offseason, we talked about it. And even with the loss of Andrew Billings, what they've assembled here. And, you know, John, you you were a defensive player, uh, you know, in your days at Kansas. There's just something about having, you know, seven, eight dudes, 6'3 and taller, 255 and heavier, who can move, who are strong, who can just screw things up without cursing. I know you guys always don't like the cursing. But you're starting to get a nice rotation of this. And even Thursday night with Olivier Vernon missing the game, with Adrian Claiborne only only playing a half. um, Everybody got to see, you know, my darling, Mr. Porter Gustin. But the things you can do with this defensive line, and even including, you know, the young rookie, you know, Jordan Elliott, who was a PFF darling in college. And to this point, looks like he's pretty much providing the same Give some words here on this defensive line because, you know, John, you played, I played, there's never enough, you know, emphasis. If you played the game, you know how much offensive line and defensive line play dictate things. And this is probably, this was an emphasis of what this front office did with assembling this 2020 roster. And so far so good.
1: I would say, I would say the offensive and defensive lines kind of, put you at ease I think that's the best way because they if they're good then you you just feel more comfortable that you feel like you can do a lot more with your team and you know you look look at the Steelers they have a they haven't they've had an offensive line that's been awesome for years and a defensive line or at least a front seven that can get after the passer and stop the run and allows that secondary to do a lot of different things and it helps that secondary out um, and the, the secondary then on turn helps them out. So you've got a good relationship with the back end and the front end playing together well. So far, the Browns through two weeks, that defensive line has been awesome. Number one, number two. Sorry, number two graded through two weeks by us uh, in an overall grades at an eighty-three point four. The Steelers are at number one at a ninety point zero. Run defense has been the top unit across the board in the, uh, the NFL the pass rush hasn't quite been there as at that elite level, but there is still a top five unit in that regard. So if they can continue to do that and provide that pass rush and that depth and that rotation, you know, obviously led by Miles Garrett. And this is with Olivier Vernon, who hasn't played well yet. He's not been, he has like basically been almost, you know, just kind of disappeared in, in the two games or whatever. Um, I know he's, he's, he hasn't had as many snaps and all that to, to have that type of impact. But the, the rotation um, has been really great for, for the Browns and it's really showed up in terms of being able to have a lot of different bodies in there, keeping those guys fresh. And then obviously having a a coaching staff that knows how to coach it up too. So these guys have been uh, really good and really the the secondary now just needs to kind of hold up their end of the bargain. And I'm assuming we'll, we'll talk about them soon.
0: Yes, we are gonna to get to them. But I do but what I think that I, I appreciate most about you know where the defensive line is at now is it's a waste to just take Miles Garrett every rep he plays, line him up at left tackle, and just do that all day long. I mean, he is when you have a freak, and you know, Pete and I always use the term find the turd. You know, so if you have just some really, really bad right guard, or say the center is your second string center. Put Miles Garrett over it. And now all of a sudden you see a bunch of hands from the offensive line. You see the quarterback and everything, which leads to, you know, the huge fumble where, you know, Miles, I mean, I don't even know if anybody touched him. And he literally looked like a guard driving the lane and just avoided everybody. You know, Burrow tried to avoid him, ball knocked loose. Gustin knocked him right in the chest. But this gives you the freedom to use Miles Garrett as the pure athlete that he is. Which it's so fun to watch, and you learn more from defensive line play. Obviously, when you're watching good defensive line play, and that has been you know the fun part thus far. And obviously, the opportunity is going to be here this Sunday again, um, as you know Washington will come to town, and they will be minus most likely their best offensive lineman. We're going to get a little bit more here with John. We're going to get to the secondary. We're going to get to the linebackers as well. Just continue you, taking you through unlocked on, on browns. The new and improved Bill is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six brand new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond crunch, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, lemon almond crisp, twelve original flavors, some of your favorites, banana bread, mint brownie, and salted caramel. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew built bar is great for the health, health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great for the keto diet. The flavor profile on your Cherry barcia: 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carb. Uh, net carbs go to builtbar.com, use the promo code all caps locked on, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Again, use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. John, we will talk about it, and it does feel a little bit like kicking a wounded dog essentially because this secondary right now through two weeks is not what we were expected to see. Good news, folks, is Looks like the Cavalry's coming to town here and most likely everybody will be back week three, minus Grant Elbit. Um, It's been outside of Denzel Ward, I'm assuming under the PFF lens, John. It's been a rough go around. And Tavier Thomas, I love him. I love the tackling. I love the special teams ability. I don't love the coverage, John. I just don't love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about how good the uh, defensive line was doing. And uh, one thing I didn't mention was that and when we're talking about that, that the top five graded guys on the defense are all defensive linemen and Larry with Miles Garrett, Jordan uh, Elliott, Sheldon Richardson, and Adrian Claiborne. All guys above 72.9 in their grades with Larry and Miles at 86 plus. Uh, and then it takes you down oh, to shit. six to get to Denzel Ward, who has played pretty well, especially in the last game where he played really well. Um, targeted, I uh, was like eight times, and only allowed a I mean, the only time he really got beat was a one for the touchdown, which is not, he was not even in really all that bad coverage, but broke up a bunch of passes in that one. Um, And then you had Terrence Mitchell who wasn't all that bad as well, but Terrence Mitchell has played pretty well, but you don't want him to be your number two guy. You want him to be able to be that guy that can be the fourth cornerback, the third or fourth cornerback to rotate in to help shut things down where it not where you have Tavier Thomas out of the field, who's grading out at a 54.2 or
0: actually
1: having thought. Yeah. Or the thing <laughs> is like, so like Ronnie Harrison, who we've seen eight snaps of what his, you know, the one time he got targeted, he busted the coverage and allowed the touchdown to, uh, I can't remember who it was on the Thursday night, but it was a cover two, And it was the first touchdown of the game, but. Uh, oh, the tight end. It. Yeah. You, Azamo, yeah. There we go. So, yeah. He blew that. It's, just, it's the easiest thing. You get deep and cover two, deep and wide, and he failed to do so. Um, Andrew Sandejo has not played well um, in the secondary. He's a guy that needs to be a rotational piece. He cannot be an every-down type player. Um, and it's Which showing. was
0: probably the intention for Andrew Sandejo, but go ahead. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, you're talking about guys like Tavier Thomas who, who wouldn't be out in the field except for maybe three snaps a game who has now has to play uh, – you know, he's played 104 snaps through two games. That was never the intention, obviously. So injuries take their toll. This is why, like, when we had talked about a month ago how you we were like, oh, we've got pieces, we can trade them. And I was like, no, let's keep all these pieces. <laughs> because these guys can get injured and you never know what happens. And so I think we've seen through through two games that the, the struggles that you can have. I'd say that the, the, the good thing, though, is that as bad as they were in week one – they showed a lot of improvement in week two, and that helps when you don't have to play against Lamar Jackson and that, that offense, and you're going up against Rookie and Joe Burrow, who who did play well, but um, they don't have the weapons like the, the Baltimore Ravens do and the, the run pass dilemma that you have to face when you're facing Lamar Jackson. So, um, in you know, in week one, they had the worst-graded secondary in the NFL, and week two, they're, you know, middle of the pack, which is a lot better um, – you know, and probably more indicative of what they're probably going to be moving forward in terms of. I'm probably like your your low end, so um, getting these guys back will be huge. Carl Joseph has not played well so far. Um, he's a guy like the, all these guys are just essentially playing out of position. He's a guy that needs to be in the box, uh, almost like your dime backer, and he's been playing deep and matching up, and that's just not what his game is. So, um, yeah, getting getting these guys back healthy, Kevin Johnson. Um, you know, what is it, M.J. Stewart and,
0: and Green Williams.
1: Like, these guys just need to come back and be, be able to provide something out on the field so that you're just not having sieves out there anymore.
0: And I think one of the things where you probably do want to give them a tip of the cap, so to speak, is, look, nothing really changes between if you play on Sunday and you play Thursday night football. There's not a lot you can do. And the Cincinnati Bengals can trot out a decent amount at the skill position as far as it will to start that game at tight end at wide receiver. So it was impressive, the turnaround. Um And obviously it shows you that once your defensive line can you know wreak a little havoc, it's going to make things easier for your secondary. John, we got to talk about it. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to talk about it. There are some linebackers on this team, John. And with that, I'll give the floor to you.
1: Um... They're not good so far
0: <laughs> they're nice guys <laughs> they're nice guys they look good in their uniforms.
1: So I would say that um, so Malcolm Smith hasn't has played decently well I'd say he's he was impressive in coverage and he needs to be a guy that you put out there. On the
0: one time. thing I took away from Thursday night is you know and look and this is before we heard that maybe Mac Wilson you know could be back for week three is Malcolm Smith needs to be on the field more he's just got the experience um you know maybe he doesn't have the same juice at 31 years old anymore. Um, but this guy kind of knows what's going on.
1: Right. Exactly. He, he, he played decently well, especially against, against the Ravens, um, played decently well against the Bengals. So he's a guy that's not going to be a massive liability out there for you. Um, he was rewarded. Obviously he played 19 snaps against the Ravens and then 56 against the the Bengals. So he was rewarded for his good playing that, that, uh, you know, the, the Ravens game, um, he's not going to be the massive liability like BJ Goodson is in in coverage. Goodson has played the second most third but most snaps on the defense um and his grade is a 42.1. Like he's a guy that you you can only have out there on run defense and not have there out in coverage. He is not that type of a player. Uh so he's a guy that you want to see as a rotation type that guy. Taki Taki I think actually played really well against the the Ravens. There's a couple of run fits that he's not getting. Um, but like I like his ability and coverage and his explosiveness out there. Sure, he's you're going to have to live with some missed tackles. He missed three of them against the the Bengals. But what you saw well, when he was the problem able to,
0: is he tries to destroy people. He doesn't try to tackle them,
1: and that's going to come with right. he's going to come with experience. I think he's he's going to get the feel out there, and you want him to be out there because he can match up and mirror like a Lamar Jackson out there, which he was able to do. On yep. uh, on Sunday when they played because he,
0: see number eight he, hit number
1: eight exactly right it's it's as simple as that and I didn't really like the game plan that the Browns had on defense uh, against the Ravens I think you when you play Lamar you have to contain rush you can't you can't think of it all right let's get pressure on him you have to think let's keep him in a pocket and then close the pocket around him and then have your spy guy you know find him when he comes out of the pocket and 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 make him pay. Um, and then you have to play matchup zones and be able to, I mean, it's not an easy task by any means, but you have to do things and they didn't do that. I didn't, Miles Garrett was rushing up field. You didn't have, you know, t- didn't have any, any linebacker, like a talkie talkie who you, I was a kind of expecting to be like that spy guy to spy them all over the place. And he didn't do that. But when they was running that run, that read zone option, he did a pretty good job of, of tackling. But, um, those were the kind of the bright spots in terms of the linebackers. Mack, we need to see it on the field. I know everybody loves him. To, you know All the Browns fans love him, but he's he hasn't shown it yet on the field to be a consistent player. And He wasn't a consistent player at Alabama. He wasn't as a rookie. I'm not expecting him to make this massive leap where he's all of a sudden a top ten linebacker in the NFL. Uh, it will help to have him out on the field over a B.J. Goodson in coverage, and it will help to have him out there to maybe spell – Malcolm Smith and talky talking and just to have a decent rotation there. So those guys aren't getting gassed, but the linebacker position is, is an issue I'd say for the Browns um, where it's just the, the experience isn't there and you don't, you don't have an elite guy there in one specific area. Like you had in Joe Soberton coverage last year.
0: And maybe, you know, maybe they had high hopes for Mack Wilson. Maybe they had high hopes for Jacob Phillips. And we'll see what happens with either one of those guys. I mean, Jacob Phillips, we still haven't even heard exactly what the deal is, but he's not on IR. So obviously, that's a good thing. Um, maybe, you know, Mac is back for week three. We'll see. And it seems weird because I think we'd all maybe like to see Mac Wilson um, because, you know, I, I think everybody agrees, you know, the work was being put in, you know, the focus on trying to improve himself was there. Um, and it does seem weird for all of us who kind of, you know, kind of got our, you know, our home run licks in on him as a rookie or kind of saying maybe i'd really really like to see mac wilson right about this point with what we're seeing from you know some of this linebacker play um we'll see how it all plays out as we go into this and guys it's always a pleasure to have john on and you know we'll continue to work john in you know through this yeah through this year you know how we can do it and whatever we'll manipulate it and we'll get john in here um a number one i just love talking ball with John and number two, obviously he brings a bunch of, you know, solid, solid insight. If you are not checking it out, check everything out. PFF Browns, um, obviously check out at John Costco three on social media. Um, John's, you know, obviously one of my favorite guests and, you know, besides Pete, I think John's probably men, been the most frequent guest on this show over the years. And, you know, we always have great conversations and, you know, obviously John and I have, you know, a lot in common as far as being, you know, family guys and, you know, trying to manipulate schedules and this and that. And actually today was an easy one. I actually threw out the, threw out the message early. And uh, I think John was actually looking forward to it because it was a yes, 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 I can be available. So
1: um, Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good time. It's always a good time. I like to try to make, try to make the, make it work. And, um, especially with a, you know, I'm, an NFL Monday is a busy mo- Monday for me, but if I can make it work, I'll make it work. And, um, you know we it's always good to talk ball it's always
0: good to talk ball absolutely so uh I, as you guys know, you know where to find out and check out everything that John's doing um and you know f- from you know p f f even if you you guys look it, it's it's a tool it's a great tool. you may view things differently, but it does not, it's take not the away end from all. anything
1: it's not the end all be all and we never sit, try to say that we are perfect in what we are doing um but we have watched every snap of, and every player of every play for the past, uh, you know, 15 years. So we do know what we were talking about a little bit.
0: <laughs> and just a couple of times on each, just a couple of times on each rep. And it was—I thought it was nice how Collinsworth just slipped it in there about PFF last night, like he, like he like he wasn't even hiding it. Well, yeah. PFF, minute, it was just like, oh, okay, Chris. And then of course he dropped his hold car, where now he no longer has an MP, MVP vote, which I thought, thought was pretty funny as well. So that was a funny story to me that I hadn't heard yet. So <laughs> that was, yeah, I, I, I was wondering if maybe people were like mm, Chris, we were hoping you wouldn't drop that nugget maybe on national television, but hey, you know, it happens. It happens any any time that chris mentions us is,
1: is a is a good mention i mean obviously it's always subtle in there where it says pff ranks and stuff like that but we we like it when he actually says us because you know when you have these stats powered by aws that's just us but it's just a rebranded mm-hmm. way because it aid and probably shouldn't say this but you know it's just us
0: yes but i mean you, you guys like to you know obviously somebody who's highly invested in your company you know everybody likes a little pat on the back for the work they're putting in um, and that'll put it close to this one here, guys. As you know, I love having John on. We'll continue to roll on through here as it is Washington Football Team week. Um, I did drop the ball once yesterday and say Redskins, so you know a couple of a couple of shekels in the fine jar for me. It this happens. has been. It does happen. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound, LGB on the L O B. Let's go Browns.